0: Oh, welcome to Bringing Bach Back, the podcast that explores the church year through the theology and music of Johann Sebastian Bach. The idea of this show is pretty simple. Each week we're going to look at a different cantata written by Bach for that particular day of the church year. We'll examine the music, the theology, and the original use of each of the cantatas that we study. We'll even hear a few of the scripture lessons appointed for that day. After a brief discussion of each movement, we'll give a rough translation so that we can understand the music and the message that Bach was seeking to convey. We'll listen to the cantatas movement by movement, imagining what it was like to sit in the church pew and hear that cantata for the first time in a weekly church service. And as we do so, we'll learn that Bach was boldly Lutheran, and hopefully sing, seek to bring Bach back to the Lutheran church. We'll begin this episode with the same words that Bach wrote at the beginning of all his music pieces, Jesu Yuva, Jesus Help. This week is a special episode of Bringing Bach Back, for it's a week that we get to celebrate the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels. There are several glorious Bach cantatas written for this day of the church year, but we'll be listening to cantata number 149, entitled, They Sing with the Joy of Victory. This particular cantata was performed for the first time in Leipzig on September 29th in either 1728 or 1729. Uh, The uh, reason we don't know for sure is that the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels is always on September 29th. They have it narrowed down to one of those two years, but not one for certain. The lyrics that are written are by one of Bach's best-known librettists or lyricists. His name, uh, commonly known, is Picander, and he had begun working with Bach just a few years before in 1725. The Feast of St. Michael, or as it's sometimes called, Michael Mass, celebrates all the angels in view of God's victory over Satan through the person and work of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen. It is a fulfillment of Genesis 3, when God promised Satan that the offspring of Eve would crush his head, something Christ accomplished by his work on the cross. Thus, we celebrate each week in the divine service with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven because of what Christ has done. And on this day, Michael Mass, we especially remember the reality of angels and the defeat of Satan. The scripture lesson appointed for the day of the church year comes from the book of the Revelation to St. John, chapter 12. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and all his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But the dragon was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives, even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The first movement of this particular cantata, and it is a beautiful and glorious cantata, is a choral movement. Musically, this first movement is based on Bach's first secular cantata, the famous Hunting Cantata. You have heard a part of that cantata before, you might not realize it, but there's a famous Bach piece uh, called That Sheep May Safely Graze, which is one of the movements from this Hunting Cantata. With deer season right around the corner, it's a good time to go back and find a copy of the Hunting Cantata and listen to it. Uh, But you'll have to do so on your own. Our focus today is the St. Michael Cantata. This St. Michael Cantata takes its opening choral music from the closing choral music of the Hunting Cantata. And so keep that in mind as we hear it. The lyrics that we'll soon hear Are this. They sing with joy of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord gains the victory. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord gains victory. To begin with, we are celebrating the feast of Saint Michael, but here we focus not on that famous angel, but instead upon Jesus. Note that Bach states, The right hand of the Lord is the one who has won victory. The right hand of the Lord is the one who is exalted. It is because of the right hand of the Lord that we sing. The right hand of the Lord is now the place where Jesus Christ sits after the ascension. It is the place of glory and power from which Christ also intercedes for us, declaring to his heavenly Father that all of our sins are forgiven. And covered by his blood. And so you see that to begin with, we're not even talking about angels or archangels or even about Saint Michael, but instead, as a good Lutheran, Bach is focusing our attention upon Jesus. To do so, we are quoting exactly from God's Word, Psalm 18, 118, in fact. The entire movement are some of the verses of this psalm. And as you hear those words sung, I would encourage you to go back and read that psalm in its entirety and perhaps to even commit it to memory. Because when you hear just these few verses quoted, Bach is assuming that you know the rest of the psalm and are able to call it to mind as you hear these few words. Musically, this movement is tremendous. We feel the joy and the celebration that is coming to fruition as a result of the work of Jesus trumpets blare this joy the singing begins with the lowest vase voices the basses, and it works its way up to the sopranos giving an illusion of either christ rising from the dead or ascending into heaven victoriously or perhaps as both as we move forward the voices all mass together indicating the myriads of angels celebrating christ's victory over the grave perhaps even as we recite the words that follow these lyrics from the Psalm 118. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. Let us hear this movement at this time. I must admit, I always like it when Bach uses the trumpets. I think they just bring a lot to his music. The next movement is a bass aria. It begins with two words in German, Kraft und Stärke, power and might. The bass singing these words definitely sets the mood for the entire movement, and he sings those two words, power and might, just the way that you would expect someone to sing those two words is a way that brings across what the entire point of this next movement is and the power and might that he's singing about are sung to god the lamb the lyrics that we're about to hear are as follows let power and might be sung to god the lamb who has conquered and put satan who has accused us day and night to flight honor and victory has come to the godly through the blood of the lamb You'll see that these words actually reflect some of what's in our scripture lesson exactly when it talks about Satan being the accuser, the one who has accused us day and night. Note also that Bach makes sure that you understand who has lost the eternal battle for your soul. Satan. He is the loser. Satan used to accuse us in heaven, as we see pictured in the book of Job. Satan asks God, have you considered your servant Job? He had previously done the same question to God for you. And in the same time, he told God about your sin and your guilt and how you deserved eternal punishment for your sin. Satan accused you just as much as he accused Job. But now something's different. Things are not the way they were before. Now Christ is victorious. Satan has been thrown out of heaven thrown down to earth like lightning and now you are covered with the blood of the lamb jesus christ and so now honor and victory are yours in far as you belong to jesus by your baptism satan that old accuser must be silent to god in regard to you for the blood of jesus speaks a better word than your own sin Artists have painted this particular idea in many ways. Perhaps my favorite painting is the Weimar Altarpiece painted by Lucas Cranach. In it, you can see the resurrected Christ holding a spear, stabbing it into Satan's mouth while standing upon both Satan and death incarnate. In other words, Jesus is victor. It's not merely the Jesus is a friend of mine sort of thing, but instead Jesus is a powerful, mighty conqueror. This is the very picture that Bach is painting for you with this next movement. Let us listen to it at this time. Do you hear how Bach conveyed power and strength by using that bass voice along with all the rest of that particular movement? I think it's just amazing the way he's able to paint such pictures with only a few notes and instruments. The next movement that we hear is a alto recitative. It is a simple movement with the voice singing over an organ continuo. The organ continuo just means the um, music that's underneath. The lyrics that we'll hear are as follows. I have no fear before a thousand foes, for God's angels encamp around my every side. Though all things should fall, though all things should break, I am nevertheless at rest. How were it possible to despair? God sends to me, moreover, horse and chariot and a whole hosts of angels." Now that we have heard about the victory of Jesus over sin, death, and the power of the devil, we finally hear about God's angels, and what we find out is that they are watching over us, guarding us, protecting us, and encamping around us to keep us safe from all of our foes. Yes, we really do have legions of guardian angels, and through their word, they strive to keep us safe and in the true faith. Even though a thousand foes encamp against us, God is there with us so that we may be at rest. This idea reflects the Psalms. Psalm 34.7 particularly states, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Additionally, Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my stronghold. Though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear yet i will be confident and if those particular psalms were not enough this particular next movement also brings to mind the besieging of jerusalem by senecherib king of assyria which is recorded for us in second kings chapter 19 it's that famous passage where senecherib has all of his army around jerusalem and the angel of the lord strikes them down overnight and they return home with their tail between their legs It's famous because not only did it happen, but it also was prophesied by Isaiah. At this time, we'll hear this idea sung for us as we hear again how God is always guarding us, protecting us, and keeping us with his angels encamped around us on every side. That last movement is short and sweet, and yet it does kind of bring across that beautiful comfort that we have, knowing that God never abandons us, but that uh, legions of angels are guarding and protecting us. Well, that brings us to our halfway point for this special St. Michael and All Angels edition of Bringing Bach Back. We'll take a break here, and we'll be back for the second half of cantata number 149. They sing with joy the victory in just a minute or two. We'll see you then. This week's church service is more than hymns and a sermon. Get a more in-depth study of this week's message with Pastor Poppy and Pastor Moline on proclaiming the one. Tune in Sundays at 12 p.m., Wednesdays at 11 a.m., Fridays at 11 a.m. and again at 6 p.m., and Saturdays at 10 a.m. For past episodes on demand, go to thecross957.org. Backslash Proclaiming the One. Welcome back to our special Michael Mess episode of Bringing Bach Back. We're working our way through cantata number 149. They sing with the joy of victory. We're about halfway through the cantata and now we'll continue with the remainder of this particular and lovely work. Before the break, we heard a movement reminding us that God has angels encamped around us all the time and this next movement builds upon that idea. It is a soprano aria which proclaims the truth that God's angels are always watching over us. The lyrics are as follows. God's angels withdraw never. They are with me everywhere. When I sleep, they keep watch. When I go, when I stop, they bear me upon their hands. Musically, this particular movement almost mirrors a minuet or a 1700s French social dance. You can almost picture a group of 1700s aristocrats dancing to the string music that we will soon hear. But there's a difference. These words are not dancing words. These instead are words of a confident confession that says that we may sleep in peace under the care of God's angels. This reflects a line from the Gospel lesson for St. Michael Mass, in which Jesus tells us that the angels of little ones always behold the face of my Father in heaven. In other words, God's angels are both before God in heaven and watching over you here on this earth. And it's not the silly, touched by an angel version of angels either. These are the biblical angels, the ones who are mighty spiritual warriors who fight tooth and nail against Satan's false words and lies. These are real angels. This movement emphasizes how because of their presence, we can sleep in peace. And it also helps to prepare us for the movement that will follow. Let us hear this movement at this time. The next movement is a prayer, sung as a recitative by the tenor voice. The prayer is that God's angels will sustain us in faith throughout this life, so that on our day of death we might be taken into heaven. Hear that reflected in Bach's words. I thank you, my dear God, for all that. So, grant that I may rue my sinful conduct, so that my guardian angel might rejoice over this, so that on my day of death he might carry me to heaven to be in your bosom. Yes, it is a prayer for angels to take us to God's eternal kingdom, here using the words of St. Luke and the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, in which Jesus calls heaven the bosom of Abraham. In fact, he says that when Lazarus died, angels immediately took him to be in that place. We also pray that God might cause us repentant hearts so that in faith, on the day of our deaths, we might be taken to that great place of peace, comfort, and joy that surpasses all understanding. Note also that the angels in heaven rejoice over repentance, even of one little sinner. In fact, Jesus tells us elsewhere in Scripture that there is greater joy in heaven over one repentant sinner than over ninety-nine who have no need of repentance. Of course, there are no ninety-nine who need not repent, but instead Jesus wants us to know that God and all the angel host rejoice over each and every one of us who get to be called citizens of heaven by the work of the Holy Spirit, by repentant hearts, and by faith in Jesus Christ and so we pray this prayer along with the tenor as he sings it at this time You saw it was pretty straightforward and simple and just uh, what we're used to expecting from Bach, and yet it still carries that prayer so beautifully. The next movement that we'll hear is a duet sung by the tenor and the alto voices. In fact, it is introduced by that movement that we just heard. The words that we're going to hear sung by the tenor and the alto are this. Be watchful, you holy watchmen. The night is almost gone. I yearn and rest not, till I am before the countenance of my dear Father. This particular duet, which is more oboe playing than singing, quotes the ideas put forward in several places in Isaiah. We have Isaiah chapter 21, where Isaiah tells us that the watchmen call forth, watchman, what of the night? And the watchman responds, Morning comes, and so also the night. If you will inquire, inquire come back again. Later in Isaiah's book, we also have in chapter 62 the words that the angels are watchmen set upon the walls to guard and protect us, watchmen that are never silent. That idea of never silent watchmen is very important because that's exactly the way that the angels fight against Satan and all the fallen angels, with words The word of Jesus Christ, in fact. The word of God preached and taught in its truth and purity. Against that word, Satan and all his fallen angels can never stand. Against that word, Satan and all the fallen angels have no hope or no promise. Bach sees the watchmen that are talked about in the book of Isaiah as these angels who keep watch over us. They watch even as Christ promises his return is soon. In fact, it is drawing nigh. We hear in the book of Romans that our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. And until that salvation is realized, the angels continually watch over us, protecting us and guarding us. We will have the opportunity to talk more about these watchmen and the angels that are keeping guard over our hearts and minds, fighting against Satan with the power of God's word. When we look at cantata 140, Wake, awake, for night is flying. That will be just in a few weeks at the end of the church year, the last Sunday of the church year, in fact. But this time we're still talking about angels and focusing on St. Michael and all the other angels. And so we'll hear this duet sung by the alto and the tenor about the watchmen who are guarding us at this time. That brings us to our closing chorale, and it is a beloved chorale that closes this particular cantata. It is one of my favorite ones, one that will be sung at my funeral. It is the third verse of the hymn, Lord, thee I love with all my heart. The lyrics as we have them translated from the German are this. Ah, Lord, let thy dear little angels come. Carry this soul of mine at my final end into Abraham's bosom. Let my body rest in its casket, very softly, without any torment or pain, until judgment day. And then from death awaken me, that these mine eyes with joy may see, O God, Son, my Savior and mercy seat. Lord Jesus Christ, grant this to me, that I would praise you eternally. I'm sure that the words sound fairly familiar if you've sung that hymn before in church. They're just a little different in our translation, trying to emphasize what is in the original. In these words, Bach emphasizes the reality for Christians, that we, upon death, are carried by the loving arms of angels to be with our Lord forever, in peace, comfort, and joy. This again reflects the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Notes also how this verse of the hymn speaks of the reality that one days our body will rest in a grave, even within a casket, that our bodies may even decay and rot and fall to pieces. But it also emphasizes that the Christian need only see this death as sleep, from which they will awaken on the last day, to see, as Job states in chapter 19, God with our own eyes, oh how our heart faints within us. Note musically that the majority of this particular choral movement is very simple four-part harmony, but that Bach doesn't just let it stand that way. He lets the words carry us for the first part but as we get to the end of the hymn the trumpets begin to blast in and they do so as we hear the words praise you eternally to remind us of that trumpet call that's coming to take us to be with God in his eternal kingdom. This time we'll hear this uh, one of my very favorite hymns sung to close this cantata. I just love that hymn. I think it should be sung at every single Christian funeral with that great confession of faith uh, that we will get out of the grave to live with God and to see him face to face. With that, it concludes Box Cantata, number 149. They sing with the joy of victory. Uh, But it does not conclude our episode of bringing Bach back. Uh, Because we are celebrating a special episode here with the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels, we'll also bring you one more cantata in its entirety. Uh, It's kind of a trick in that regard because it's only got one movement. Uh, It's cantata number 50. Now, to be honest, we're not 100% sure that it is written by Bach, but we're pretty sure, and uh, tradition uh, celebrates it as being written by him. The words come directly from our scripture lesson for St. Michael and all angels, and they are as follows. Now is the salvation and the power and the kingdom and the might of our God and of his Christ come, since he is cast down who accused them day and night before God. It is another choral movement, and it is glorious again. And so uh, for this, the Feast of St. Michael and all angels will hear this before we end. there you go two cantatas for the price of one because that's the conclusion of what remains of uh, cantata number 50 Uh, we're not 100% sure it's by Bach but if it wasn't by Bach it was by another Lutheran composer who was a genius at the same time and so uh, you can uh, take your own guess from that regard Uh, with that we conclude our 13th episode of bringing Bach back we pray that it's been a blessing for you and has allowed you to peek into the great Lutheran musical heritage of which we are a part and uh, hopefully you also have learned a little bit about my Mass and gained a greater understanding of what we're celebrating on this great feast day of the church year. As you think back on today's episode, remember that this is what church music can be, beautifully carrying our theology and music fit for heaven. Bach was little more than a great church organist who took great hymns and chorales of the church that came before him and made them into music that carried the gospel to hearers of countless generations. That's why it's so important that we bring Bach back to the Lutheran Church today. We'll end our episode with the same words that Bach wrote at the end of all his compositions. Three little letters, S-D-G, for solo Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. I'm Pastor Adam Moline, your host, bidding you Auf Wiedersehen until our next episode. God bless your day. Bringing Bach Back is a production of KNNA Radio of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. If you have any feedback on this episode, please contact KNNA or visit its website at thecross957.org. We'd love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to like and follow our Facebook page. and Keep up on Bringing Bach Back.
1: Point 7 FM, Lincoln, Nebraska.